everyone who already ordered tickets for my first ever webinar happening in August. The topic is intro to aspects and we'll be exploring everything there is to know about aspects, how to approach them in a practical way, and what things like orbs and the concept of separating and applying have to do with aspects. There are still spots open, and if you're interested in coming to a live online class hosted by me, then go to my website, moonmattersastrology.com, and check it out. I will be holding other classes in the future, topics including the lunar nodes, master of the nativity, and even things like stoicism, Jungian concepts, yoga, really anything that comes into my orbit and that I think would be beneficial, even perfection years. I know people have been requesting lectures on perfection, so I'm going to be doing a lecture on that as well. The possibilities are really endless with these live lectures, so I'm really hoping that you'll join me. You can also support my work by becoming a patron of the podcast. Patrons get access to the Discord where we chat it up. They get monthly horoscopes, full moon reminders, and even retrograde guides. You can check out my live classes and all my other offerings at my website. As always, thank you for supporting me. You all rule. We're flying through these Juno placements. We've warmed our hearts with the fire Junos and dipped our toes into the depths of the water Junos. So now it's time to fly high and see what the air Junos are all about. And if you're just tuning in now, I suggest you go back and listen to the standalone Juno episode. I talk about the mythology of Juno and the origins of the significations for this marriage asteroid. Mythology is such a good foundation to help us understand these placements and their place within our psyche. But if you're feeling like a badass and you don't care about solid foundations, you don't need background to inform you, then you can listen to my quick recap right here, right now. In general, Juno is considered to be the marriage asteroid, which means it has a lot to do with relationships and commitment. It can tell us what we need at the bare minimum to stay in a relationship, our commitment style, and also the darker side of ourselves when we aren't feeling like a partner is living up to their end of the relationship bargain. I said in the initial Juno episode that our shadow side of Juno is a sister to Lilith. Our Juno contains rage and jealousy, and when we're scorned by the flames of love, that's when we see this other vengeful side of Juno emerge. When she's receiving what she needs, though, we see a steadfast nature that can bear through the trials and tribulation of a relationship with grace and dignity. At her best, Juno is a sovereign, benevolent queen. She shows us the power dynamics within our relationships and what psychic energy she needs to be fed in order to feel seen and held. And it should be no surprise that Juno is an awesome synastry placement. It can easily tell us what we need to feel seen and express fully in a union with someone, but it can also tell us what our partner needs so we can help them feel seen and held. When we overlay two charts and look at the synastry, the houses Juno falls into will tell us a lot of great info on how our partners will experience our love and commitment, but also our scorn and jealousy if they betray us. And I'll be making a companion blog post for Juno Through the Houses for my patrons, just like I did for Eros and Psyche. So if you're interested in getting a more in-depth look at how Juno or even Eros and Psyche come out or manifest within your chart, consider signing up to become a patron. Lastly, the symbols of Juno are the peacock or a cuckoo bird. And if you listen to the myth of Juno, then you'll know why that is. 
But also veils and scepters signify Juno. Veils because they're traditionally used in marriage and scepters because she is the queen of all the gods. She rules alongside Jupiter. If fire Junos have big queen of wands energy and water Junos embody the queen of cups, then we should not be surprised that air Junos are the queen of swords. Air Junos are the people who want to be impressed. And while I was meditating on my thoughts about air Junos, the song That Don't Impress Me Much came into my mind. And I was like, you know, I bet Shania Twain has an air Juno. And I looked it up and sure as shit, she does. So take that for what it's worth. She is, I believe, a Juno in Aquarius. But as I was saying, these Junos want to be impressed. You need to be more than just a pretty face to get their attention and to certainly keep their attention. Air Junos want substance. They want stimulation. They want someone who can keep them entertained, but also mentally aroused and engaged. These are the people who need to be won over through their minds and then their hearts will follow. They're capable of commitment, but only if the union makes practical sense. Unlike our fire and water counterparts, the Air Junos don't need passion to feel fulfilled in their relationship. And for my fire and water people, that's going to be really confusing because passion is the lifeblood of, of all that they do. Passion is what surges and courses through their veins, but not everyone works that way. And I think that's a really good distinction that we need to make is that not everyone thrives off of intense Romeo and Juliet passion. Not everyone is going to be like, I will die for you. I want to become you. I want to become one. And Air Junos certainly don't. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just different preferences and relationships. And all of that is completely valid. Air Juno people want a logical relationship. And again, they're extremely capable of being committed and loyal. So I don't want to get that twisted that just because passion and romance isn't the main objective doesn't mean they aren't loyal because they very much are. When a marriage or partnership makes sense, makes logical sense, they're all in. When they can see the partnership fitting into a grand scheme or the big picture plan, then they're willing to devote themselves wholly. While they don't require you to be screaming your love for them at the mountaintops, they do want you to be mentally engaged and an intellectual equal to them. Equal partnership is very important to the Air Junos. They want each partner to have their role in the relationship and to play it well. The element of air is likened to themes of wisdom and justice. And this means a partnership that allows the Air Juno person to expand their mind and a partner that teaches them continuously throughout the course of the relationship. If they aren't learning directly from their partner, then they at least need to be granted the freedom to explore and learn on their own. Being caged in and stifled will not work for these Junos. An Air Juno that feels betrayed or isn't receiving what they need will quickly turn into the Queen of Swords. But I'm more specifically referencing the Queen of Swords depicted on the Thoth tarot rather than the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot. The Thoth Queen of Swords is a queen sitting very aloofly. She's taking up a lot of space on her throne and she's carefree in the clouds. And in one hand, she has her sword. And in the other hand, she has the head of a man. So Air Junos can be quite cutting with their words and perceptions if they feel slighted or betrayed. 
They'll use their wit and cunning against their partner and become quite verbally aggressive. Mind games are their go-to because they're likely extremely intuitive and intelligent when it comes to their partner. And they're not mind games or intuition in the same way that water is. This is purely intellect. It's not intuition that comes from an emotional or subconscious place. This is, again, perceptions. They're intuitive because they perceive everything. So they'll always try to have the upper hand in that way. They, they notice everything and they're, they have a heightened awareness about them. So they'll use that against their partner when the shadow side comes out. Arrogance and emotional dismissiveness are also responses to an Air Juno not receiving proper care. People with Air Junos are smart, rational, and know the benefits of a well-constructed union. They love being in communication with their partners and will go out of their way to understand how their partner's mind works. These Junos are also the most open to various different types of relationship dynamics. They understand fluidity and can embody duality better than the other elements. As long as the terms and conditions of the arrangement aren't broken, then they're able to enter and explore more unconventional relationship dynamics. And some of the air signs are better at that than others. So let's break down the air Junos further and go through each sign. Because again, while each of them runs on intellect and choosing a logical union, they all have different modalities and rulers to contend with. Mutable air, Mercury, the lovers, this is the energy of a Gemini Juno. Communication is important to all the air Junos, but since Gemini is ruled by Mercury, communication is going to be huge for this Juno. These people want open lines of communication at all times with their partners. They do not do well with someone who tends to give the cold shoulder or likes to ice people out when they're mad. These people connect through words and they want to be mentally stimulated in their union. Having a partnership in which they continually learn and explore is crucial to their happiness. Having Juno being ruled by Mercury is, it's really interesting to me. It lends itself to being more flexible, especially because it's mercurial air. And we'll get to mercurial Earth next week with Virgo, and we'll see how very different they are. But mercurial air wants to be free as the wind. This mutable mercurial nature can create a dynamic for untraditional relationship dynamics. These are the people who can often try out or even just straight up prefer open relationships, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, or some type of relationship dynamic where there's more than one partner involved. They have the ability to juggle multiple relationships and see the merit in having more than one person in their life. I feel like this Juno is just so free and open and it feels like it can learn more from relationships if there's more people involved, you know, the more the merrier. Continual mental stimulation is what they're after and one partner may stimulate them in some ways and the other partner may stimulate them in other ways and it's like they can talk about art and philosophy with one person and then sports and current events with another person and they're like, well, I want both of these things. I want both sides of the coin. So I'm going to have both of them. And this desire for knowledge through union can make it seem like they have problems with commitment. I personally don't think that's the case. A Gemini Juno is definitely capable of being committed. You just have to be really, really interesting. Basically, for a Gemini Juno, it's like, don't be boring have interests and hobbies of your own, and this Juno will find you stimulating enough to settle down with. 
If you're a bad communicator or uncomfortable with exploring your mental world, then don't sign up to be with this Juno. You're going to have a bad time. The shadow side of a Gemini Juno comes out when there's a lack of communication or verbal withholding. They need day-to-day check-ins and interactions to feel safe and held. So while they may not be the most romantic Juno, they are the person that wants the good morning and good night text. They want the check-in. They want you to say, hey, I got home safe or hey, I arrived to my destination. Things like that. They aren't nosy. They just really like strong verbal connections and they want to know what's going on in their partner's day-to-day world. This Juno can become very verbally aggressive and even go on rants or diatribes about their partner or to their partner when the shadow side crops up. They'll use words as weapons and run circles around their partner verbally. I can also see this Juno micromanaging their partner when they feel like they're losing a grip on the relationship, you know, giving like a daily rundown or itinerary of what we're doing or where you're going to go today. They can feel a great deal of mental anguish when their partners don't make them feel heard. It's not so much about being seen, it's more about being heard with this Juno, which can lead to their imagination creating even more problems in the relationship. This is the Juno that they're going to be stuck in their head and they're going to be thinking of all the scenarios and things that they're going to say to that person. You know, like when you have those shower thoughts, whenever you just got like in a fight with someone or something and you're imagining all the fake scenarios in your head, this Juno does that a lot with their partner when they don't feel heard. Juno in Gemini is attracted to people that nurture their desire for knowledge and freedom. Finding a union where all parties put communication high on the priority list will allow them to feel safe and bring out their best qualities. At their best, a Gemini Juno is extremely supportive of their partner's creativity, hobbies, and exploration of self. They want their partners to grow and explore just as much as they want to. Finding someone who has ambition, ideas, and goals will keep this Juno musing with their lover long into the night. Shared hobbies and interests are so important to these Junos because oftentimes it's that's how they met their partner through that shared interest or hobby. And it's at least what attracts them to their partner in the first place. They do well to find someone who has a thirst for knowledge and continued excellence in life. Someone who just never wants to stop learning and exploring the world is going to be a really good partner for this Juno. Cardinal Air, Venus, Justice. This is the energy of a Libra Juno. Gemini might be footloose and fancy free about relationship dynamics, but Libra is certainly not. A Libra Juno wants fairness and equanimity above all things in their partnership. I feel like I'm going to be saying the word fairness a lot with this Juno because that's truly what this placement cares about. Libra Junos need to feel like they and their partner are true equals. The scales need to be balanced at all times for them to feel safe and held within the relationship. Since this is a Venus ruled Juno, we're going to see love and romance play a key part in the Juno's needs. They want to have all the trappings of love in their relationship and aesthetics especially. Aesthetics are very important to a Libra Juno. They will never want to air their dirty laundry or show that anything other than a picture-perfect relationship is going on to the outside world. They're obviously open to discussing relationship matters in private, but even then they'll want the discourse to be rational and no hitting below the belt. 
These Junos are really sensitive and mild-mannered, so more aggressive types can cause them stress, especially if the partner is acting or being in a way that the Juno Libra person considers messy in public. I don't want to say that they're the type that's like, oh, you can't be messy in public or don't embarrass me, but they kind of are. They very much do not want a partner that is going to embarrass them or come off not in a good way in public because Venus is all about popularity and garnering friends and attraction and being fluid and not rocking the boat. So having a partner who is very good with their social graces is going to be very attractive to a Juno and Libra. But if the partner is a little messy in public, well, that's when things get a little complicated. A Libra Juno wants a relationship dynamic that's built on equal footing. All parties need to pull their weight in the relationship or else the Libra Juno person is going to feel slighted and taken advantage of. They want a sensible and reliable relationship that affords them the life they believe they deserve and the life they want to build. When they feel like they aren't receiving equal effort from their partner, the scales can quickly tip. When a Libra Juno scales are unbalanced, they can actually become aggressive. Hell hath no fury like a Venus ruled placement scorned. So while they can become aggressive, it's more likely that a Libra Juno's shadow comes out in the form of arrogance or petulance. These people become really bratty when their relationship isn't serving them. And it's funny because this Juno wants harmony, but when things aren't going as planned, it's almost like they say fuck it and then they just make things even more unharmonious than ever. This Juno really should not be trifled with. The shadow side of this Juno is not for the faint of heart. They'll be cold and distant, overly logical. They'll take all their Venusian charm and turn it into pettiness. But when they're being held and feel safe, this Juno can set the stage for a relationship of true equals. Making decisions together is really important to this Juno as well. There can be no unilateral choices in the union. It's not just a team effort. But each person being an individual and having their own voice, this Juno sees each person as an individual with their own thoughts, ideas, and wants, not just themselves, but their partner. I will say that about the Libra Junos. It's that, yes, they want equality for themselves, but they also want equality for you. The fairness goes both ways for these people. I will say I truly believe that with the the Libra Junos, that they do want fairness for both parties, except when they're being scorned, then they're kind of only thinking about themselves. But when things are good, they want them to be good for you too, because it's Venus. She's sweet. She's caring. She wants the relationship to be beautiful. So they don't make choices just based on their own needs. Each person gets their chance to speak their mind because both parties are required in order to keep the scale balanced. It's not like water Junos or fire Junos where they want to melt themselves down and become one being together. You can't tell where one starts and where the other begins, where they share the same aura. A Libra Juno doesn't want that. A Libra Juno wants to be an individual within a committed relationship where both parties are equal and valid in all things. So yes, this is the sign of the other and Libra is all about relationships, but they still want to maintain their sense of identity within the relationship. They just want it to be balanced and fair. When I talk about Libra Juno, I see the scales and I see one person on one scale and one person on the other scale. It's, a, it's just about maintaining that balance. That's all it's about for this 
Juno is maintaining balance. You're pulling your weight. I'm pulling my weight. We are contributing equally to the partnership. And that is what matters. We will contribute equally and create a beautiful life together. Fixed air, Saturn, the star. This is the energy of an Aquarius Juno. An Aquarius Juno is a healthy mix of the other two air Junos. It has the openness of Gemini and the desire of equality like Libra. This Juno also desires a good bit of freedom, potentially even more so than Gemini. And this Juno also wants to be seen as an individual and even more so than Libra. So while there's these similarities, the energy of the fixed modality really doubles down on all those notions of freedom and individuality. Aquarius in general usually cares about humanity at large, so one-on-one relationships can be tricky for them to navigate sometimes. They need a partner with a lot of understanding and someone who gives them a lot of leeway to do things their own way. Just like Gemini, this Juno is going to be open to the idea of unconventional relationship dynamics. Gemini likes the idea because they want to explore mentally and the more partners, the more you can learn. That's really what it's about for Gemini is, hmm, you're interesting, I like you. Hmm, you're interesting, I like you. I'm going to date all of you. Whereas Aquarius is open to the idea because they're just unconventional in all things. They like to buck the system. They like to think outside the box. They like to be different. They see the merit in doing things differently and living outside of default reality. This Juno may be really into the idea of role reversals in the relationship. They don't believe in gender norms or gender roles as all people are equal and free to do as they please within the relationship. As long as the terms and conditions laid down aren't being broken, they're pretty much good with anything. And I say terms and conditions because while Aquarius is freewheeling, it is still Saturn ruled. These Junos will definitely have deal breakers and things that will send them into a tailspin in their relationships. For some people, they can be super open as long as the partner is honest and doesn't hide extramarital affairs. A lot of the time for Juno and Aquarius, it's the secrecy of the other party that kills it for the Aquarius Juno person. They'll become unhappy if they're with a partner that puts too many restrictions on them. That's another big one. So you basically can't be a liar. You have to be open. You have to be open to new ideas. And you also have to be open to the truth. And you also can't put restrictions on them. They need to be able to retain a sense of individuality in the relationship. One surefire way to make the shadow side of this Juno come out is to be closed-minded. If you're not open to exploring the world with fresh perspective and engage in boundary-pushing ideas, then just leave these Junos alone. Need not apply. We're not hiring. Do not apply if you are a closed-minded person or if you're just kind of stuck in your ways. It's funny because fixed air, fixed thought. I I feel like I say that every time I talk about Aquarius, but it is fixed thought. So if your ideals and boundary pushing ways don't line up with this Juno, it might be tough. It might be a hard, it might be a hard sell for them. They want someone who is going to support their agenda or whatever cause that they take up. They want their partner to be behind them on it because they want a revolution. They want the relationship to feel like a revolution. The relationship itself should be an act of rebellion against society. And if their partner isn't into that, then they're going to become easily dissatisfied and look elsewhere for attention and validation in their beliefs. I think that's a really big one. Even if the partner isn't fully behind them on what they're doing, they don't understand it. 
They need to be validated in the belief. They need to be supported in their beliefs. They need someone to explore their unconventional thoughts with. So when they don't receive that in a relationship, we can see the Aquarius Juno person engage in kind of over-the-top, almost exhibitionist behavior. The shadow side of this Juno is unruly, erratic, and pretty much going to break any chains that you can try to bind them with. When these Junos are in a union that makes them feel seen, held, and safe, they become a true revolutionist. They push boundaries and they explore the world in a way that inspires other people to live freely. Finding a union where they can be themselves without really caring what their partner thinks, but also having full support of their partner is going to give them the courage to face the world and put their revolutionary ideas into action. Finding someone who shares a passion for the same cause would be really, really ideal for them. The Queen of Swords is a regal and logical queen. She makes decisions based on the facts and is swift to deal out justice where justice is due. While she's not always the warmest heart, she'll inspire your mind and always give it to you straight. Air Junos want to live in a reality they build with their chosen partner. They value truth, shared responsibility, equality in relationships, and a strong cerebral connection to their partner. Being able to share your thoughts on a regular basis and respect the differing thoughts of your partner is really going to have these Junos feeling seen and held and heard. I've been saying that for some of these Junos, it's good to find someone who aligns with them. But at the end of the day, as long as they find a partner who can engage in discourse with them respectfully, that is what matters. As long as someone respects their opinions and validates their opinions through just listening and not being judged, I think that's even more important for the Air Junos. To love an Air Juno is to agree to be equals. It's entering a true arrangement where two or more people agree to live by the terms and conditions set forth by all parties. It's believing that the mind outlasts the heart and a well-constructed life built on mutual goals is what partnership is all about. If your partner is an Air Juno, how do you continue to stimulate their mind even after being together for a while? What is your communication style and how does it stack up with your partner's? Deepen your connection to your Air Juno person by asking them what aspect of your partnership makes them feel the most heard. What is it about your union that allows them to satiate their desire for mental expansion? And what part leaves them feeling a little caged in or unheard? And if you're the Air Juno, try to identify what makes your shadow come out in relationships. Talk to your partners and explore this placement with them. If nothing else, it'll be an exercise in using astrological placements to deepen your connection. If you want more astrological content before the next episode, consider signing up to become a patron of my work. I have exclusive blog content, monthly horoscopes, retrograde guides, and a Discord waiting for you to join. You could also leave a super awesome review on Spotify or iTunes, which I would be eternally grateful for. Head on over to my website, check it all out, and thank you in advance for supporting me. I'll see all you babes later.